Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands on learning and research with world class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to the Believe in Badgers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, presented by BetOnline.ag. Once again, I'm Matt Perkins, joined, as always, by Badger legend, the Hebrew Hammer himself, Matt Bernstein. Bernie, appreciate you being here today, even if you are not quite at 100%. Oh, I've been napping all morning. I told my wife I I had a day like hers. She could sleep till like 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Um Dude, it's crazy. Uh, but yeah, listen, I can't miss every day again is a holiday on the podcast with you, Matty P. But I'm going to let you run with this. This is like your wheelhouse. This is my wheelhouse because you you listeners know how much we, but especially me, love track and field, Badger track and field. And we have the fastest Badger in history today. So cool. L.O. Johnson, Wanaki's own L.O. So good to have you here today. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me, man. I'm excited for it. Of course, of course. And uh, thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule. You are out in Long Beach right now as we are talking, prepping for prepping for a meet. But before we do that, want to remind you guys that we are presented by betonline.ag, where they continue to be your number one sport and your number one source for all of your online sports wagering needs. You name it, they've got it over there at Bet Online. Uh, baseball season's in full swing. NBA playoffs are here. So make sure you're heading over to Bet Online for all of your wagering needs. Use your mobile device or head over to the website to sign up today and use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V for a 50% bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. But yes, yeah, so folks, you don't know, LO uh, is a sprinter on the track team, uh, senior season, and he's been getting after it, uh, both indoors and outdoors. So, uh, but we're going to go back. We're going to go back because it's been an interesting journey, uh, to say the least, from to get you to Madison to where you are today. So start us back. Let, let's go way back. Did you grow up in Wanaki? I know you went to high school there, but were, are you born and raised, you know, in the Madison area? Yeah, you know, I, I was born in Madison. Raised in the Madison area as well. I spent some time in Beloit with my grandmother. Um, a lot of time there. So I have family down there. You know, I'd go down there plenty of weekends. And most of my summers I spent down there with my friends and family. So in between Beloit and Wanakee as well. 
So you are, so you're definitely a native. So first yeah. of all, when did you realize that you were faster than everyone else? Man, <laughs> I, I honestly, that's a good question. Cause it, it, there was most of my time in my life. I was seeing a lot of people's backs <laughs> in racing. <laughs> you know, there's, it's, it's a joke that I heard as a kid that they were building a new Walmart in town. And I was wondering, like, what's this joke? What's this joke? And a guy would tell me between you and me. So that just <laughs> lets you know how big of a, a distance it was for <laughs> me and the guys out of race uh, oh, growing man. up. So, That's yeah, a funny um, joke. I'm not going to lie. That's pretty funny. Yeah. And he always <laughs> would sell it to me growing up. And I'm thinking, like, what is, what is this joke, man? Like, I just never got it until I asked where. And then he finally told me. Um, but, yeah, so, you know, I, I grew up racing people on the – Playground said just this fence to the other fence or even in just, you know, backyard playing sports. But I mean, I never really had a moment where I'd say I feel like I was faster than people I've raced. Well, and it wasn't just track that you were doing, obviously. I mean, you were a standout football player as well. What other sports are you playing growing up? And then so how do you start to focus in on football and track? Yeah, well, you know, I've done all the sports. Fortunately, my parents put me in, you know, a lot of activities outside of sports, you know, the violin, piano, um, and then, you know, the typical sports, the soccer, all of those things. But, you know, I always wanted to be playing football and running track. Um, even if I was playing basketball, our, our team, we won state growing up multiple times um, in all these other sports. But, you know, the ones I gravitated to was definitely football and basketball. It's funny because, you know, back then playing football, it was more of a, a natural thing with my speed. Uh, so it kind of just felt like my gift played well in those two worlds. When do you like, when do you actually realize you're like, man, I literally am burning all these people. Like, when does that happen? It's never happened for me. So it must be an interesting thought of like, no one can catch me. Like, when does that happen? Um, you know, honestly, I would say it still hasn't happened. Yet, the funny thing about track is, you know, there's always a faster time. And for the most part, <clears throat> there's always somebody faster. So if if you run faster times, you get put into faster heats. <laughs> and then you run against even faster people. So it's always like another level. But, I mean, it's it's always fun because of that same reason. There's always another level. Um, I mean, even people who've been fortunate to climb to the pinnacle of the sport, you know, breaking world records, um, you know, multiple Olympic champions that, they can have the challenge of doing it again. Uh, and, you know, that challenge is almost what most people say is harder to be in a champion again and again and again. And that that challenge is something, you know, I look forward to. Have you always been someone who's attacked those kind of challenges? Um, You know, I, I feel like I've always had that uh, that kind of mindset, I guess. You know, ever since I was younger, it's always been, you know, what's, what's the next thing? How can I uh, get better? Um, it's funny because, you know, if you ask my parents about it, they would kind of they'll make jokes about it because, you know, ever since I was a kid, I've been the type of person to figure out how can I get one percent better at this or um, how can I get better in this way? Can I try training this way? All these different things. Um, just kind of just taking a dive into the sports kind of been just a part of me. Now, you said you had a lot of interest. You were doing piano and violin. How did yeah. you are you a are you still playing any instruments? Are you still are you still being musical these days? No, I, the musical side of me is kind of um, 
I don't want to say it died off. It's just not as prevalent. <laughs> um, so that was, uh, you know, that's that's just kind of part of my development as a person. You know, I, I'm just grateful that I've had the opportunity to explore these things. And, and, you know, the commonality of all of them is, you know, I figured out at a young age that the passion aspect of it was going to take me a lot further than the actual um, you know, I'd say maybe the end goal of it, you know, some people, you start doing something, you immediately think like, how can I reach this pinnacle of Mozart, you know, but uh, I feel like that passion aspect was something I learned that at a young age that if I wasn't really passionate about it or it didn't, you know, it wasn't on my mind the first thing I wake up or when I go to bed that it wasn't something that I was going to be able to dive that deep into. So. so how did you get how did you get to Wisconsin? Yeah. Well, you know, everyone in my family is a badger, you know, from my mom to my dad. And even before them, you know, my my grandpa, he's been tailgating at the games and my uncle's a (laughs) tailgater. So I remember being maybe like five years old and just always being around badgers, always being, you know, at the tailgates, going to the games, going in the locker rooms, you know, meeting Mr. Alvarez as a kid and, you know, watching badger legends like you. Just you know, it's 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 just it's honestly a blessing because you know a lot of people get the opportunity to like realize their dreams, but the moment to be like grateful and present in it is something that you know I'm also grateful for because there was a point in time where you know was what's this and what's next instead of just kind of being in the moment with it because being a Badger, it means the world to me and I got the opportunity to follow my dad's footsteps and then hear stories about them. And it's funny. And even practice in the shell, the same place they practiced at. <laughs> so if you know anything about the shell, you know, that's, um, it's a grind in there. So <laughs> it's definitely a grind in there. Well, you took a bit of a circuitous route though, because, you know, coming out of high school, you had a bunch of offers to play college football and <laughs> you took one at New Mexico with uh, Bernie, your de- former defensive coordinator, Kevin Cosgrove. Um, and so how did, how did you, you know, what, what made you decide to say, Hey, I'm going to leave, you know, not just like Madison, not just the state of Wisconsin, not just the mid and, but like the Midwest entirely, what makes you say, Mm -hmm. I want to go to New Mexico to, for this next half of my life. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's a lot of things that went into that decision. Um, you know, the opportunity to run on New Mexico's world-class indoor facility, um, and then, you know, they were running a triple option at the time. And, you know, I felt like my speed well would work well in that offense. Um, wasn't really trying to be the dive back more than pitch back guy and um, really be featured in those ways. And I thought that worked well for me. And then, you know, Coach Cosgrove, he's a, he's a great recruiter and a great coach, a great person, a great mentor. He still reaches out to me. I um, mean, you know, it's it's good to know that I had – the opportunity to meet such a great person in this recruiting game, because you never know what you're truly getting until you get to the university. And, you know, everything I talked about with coach Kaz about the opportunity ahead of head of me and how he's going to take care of me as a person from Wisconsin, go all the way to Albuquerque, New Mexico. You know, it meant the world to me. I still remember the day he came into our, our house on the, uh, the visit at home. And him and my dad clicked well because, you know, my dad's from Gary, Indiana. He grew up in that Indiana area as well. So it was kind of, uh, it felt comfortable, right? It felt like someone I could trust and believe in his word. 
great coach too, right? Like Coach Cosgrove's amazing. <laughs> so what was that transition like? Mm-hmm. You know, it was definitely hard. Um, but I'm I'm honestly really grateful for it because I've learned more about myself. You know, everybody talk about the the opportunity you have in college. But, you know, I had the opportunity to, <clears throat> you know, test the the structure I've had as a person. You know, I, my parents would have breakfast for me when I wake up. And then when I come home, they have dinner. And there's certain things that you get brought up as um, as a young child, as a young adult living in a household that when, when you get away, you get the opportunity to, you know, completely double down on those morals or, you know, explore as a person. <clears throat> and I'm grateful that, you know, I had that opportunity because, you know, there's days where I'll look up and it's nine o'clock and I'm, I haven't talked to my parents yet. Like, how is it nine o'clock? And I went through a whole day of track practice, football practice class. And I didn't even think about, you know, communicating with the people that helped me get there. Um, so definitely when COVID kind of hit that, uh, that played a huge role in realizing like, man, the, the people I love have helped me every step of the way. And this journey of going to New Mexico ha- has taught me everything that they've taught me. It's been, it's been true. It's been real. And it's, it's the person I want to be when I grow up. Um, so, you know, having that opportunity to mature in that way was, it was tremendous. So that, you know, it's kind of hard to sum up how much you learn when you go off to college, right? It's like taking the, taking the chains off, but man, I, I feel like I just grew so much and learned so much. And that experience out of New Mexico has really prepared me well. What was the hardest part for you in effectively choosing track over football? Cause you'd always been doing both. What's the hardest part of that decision for you? And how, how do you come to that decision? Well, it's funny, you know, like I, I wouldn't necessarily say I chose track over football. Um, I really chose whatever route I could get home and compete in front of my family. Because you know, even you know, if you go out and win a race without having your family there to celebrate with you, it's almost kind of um, it's a weird feeling. Because you know, I do it for those hugs after the race. I do it to see my parents smile. I do it to be able to bring the people around me together at a track meet and just enjoy what nine seconds or six seconds to 30 seconds total of race to come all the way to New Mexico is it's kind of hard right so to have an opportunity to do at home where there had been a football or track was something that you know I had to try to see and see how it happened was there was was COVID an issue is that is that is COVID what brought you back yeah you know the season was canceled right so what's mm -hmm. first off walk us through like what that what's that like yeah. I mean, it, it was crazy because I remember being at the conference championship and then like a week later thinking like, you know, I can't wait for outdoor. Like I had a, a good indoor season, which was uh, kind of a breakthrough. I was coming off of a, a football injury. I didn't know how I was going to be able to compete for track because I was sidelined for like maybe three or four months. Um, yeah. But then I was just so excited because I was able to get back to a level where I could compete well at conference. And then I was excited for outdoor because I felt like I was getting my feet back underneath me. And then just to have everything just shut down, the world shut down. uh, We couldn't get access to the facilities and just so much unknown, right? Like, do I, I feel like I have a scratch in my throat. Do I have COVID? Do my family have COVID? Should I do this? Should I do that? Um, Having that, that unknown and everything shut down really put things into perspective, right? Um, even, you know, going out winning a championship, 
but not having my family there to celebrate with me, you know, it's almost like it's hard to put into words. It's not really what you I aim for, at least as an athlete. So it made me realize, man, like no matter going out and doing all of these things without my family there and the people I love, it doesn't really mean much to me. So I'd say like just how everything shut down just really made me realize how, how grateful I am for what I do have. Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Believe in Badgers is excited to be brought to you by Infinigods. Infinigods is a gaming studio with a suite of free, fun-to-play games centered around ancient mythologies and civilizations. Visit infinigods.com to play their first game, Infinimerge, and learn about their upcoming tower defense game. Play for fun or play to compete and take your shot at winning digital collectibles. That's Infinigods at infinigods.com, unleashing the power of blockchain games. And then what, what's the transfer experience like? Like what made you say Wisconsin's where I want to be, your family, it seems like. But how do you start that process and what's that process? Yeah, you know, it's funny because like when I entered the portal, no track coaches contacted me. It was all football coaches. Because, you know, I entered the portal as a football athlete. You know, when you when that's the predominant sport you're doing, they're paying the bills, they're paying the, the scholarship. That's what you enter as. Uh, so, you know, I was thinking like, man, these these football programs are reaching out, but, you know, that's all the way in Ohio. That's that's in Maryland. Like, I, I wanted to go home. So that's when I started to um, get some interest in track and field. And then, you know, reached out to Coach, uh, wow, Coach Jackson. Um, and then, you know, we communicated in the recruiting process. And then that ball started rolling. And then there was a couple other teams that came in late. Um, and that kind of made things interesting because I couldn't really take official visits at the time during COVID. It was more virtual visits. Uh, I could go visit the campus, but it wouldn't be a legitimate official visit. It's not guided. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's not guided. Correct. So that made things interesting because, you know, I wanted to visit these campus, but I also wanted to be home. I wanted to be a Badger. Um, so when a couple of the schools in the Big Ten came in, it was it made it interesting because it's close to home, but it's not really home. And so then it, it just, it, it becomes Wisconsin and you get there. What is it, what's the feeling you have when you have your first meet back in Wisconsin in front of your family? Mm -hmm. You know, it, it, it's funny because it, it meant a lot. You know, it, it um, putting on that W for the first time, I remember just being so excited to get my my gear. It felt like I was a freshman in college again, like, man, I can't wait. <laughs> get my backpack, get the gear, get the clothes, you know, to the point where it felt like maybe we didn't even have gear for like two weeks on campus because, you know, just the, the way to get the ball working. But it felt like it was forever. Like, man, I want to get my Wisconsin shirts on at practice. <laughs> I'm going to do all of this stuff. Did you do all you the know, Wisconsin my... stuff and, and get a scooter too? Yeah, get a scooter. The moped was shortly after. <laughs> um, a lot of people got these e-scooters now. Have you seen have you seen those e-scooters on campus? 
No. The ones that like you stand on and go? Yeah, it's like um it's like a really fast electric scooter. Interesting. But, uh, yeah. But yeah, man, just looking at my family in a crowd, um, and just seeing how happy they was, it 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 made me more motivated. It made me um more focused to just continue to have more opportunities to have my family there. So to try to sum it in words, it's a little bit difficult because uh, it's it's like summoning something you wanted your whole life in, in words. Uh, it's hard. <laughs> that's beautiful, though. Like, that's really beautiful. Like, I, I think that's a, a, a wonderful thing. And, you know, uh, one of the reasons that I've been dying to get you on the podcast for a long time, as both of you will attest, is that you know, you, you, you're very public about like your, uh, how much your family means to you and, and stuff like that. And so, you know, you're, um, off of the track, you know, you're driven by your family. What else is sort of driving you? What else makes LO tick on, on a daily basis? And what makes you beside, you know, outside of the track and field world, like what gets you excited? Mm. You know, just, just the daily challenges, right? So this past, this past couple of months, I, I was dealing with an injury. <clears throat> and, you know, just the opportunity of like, okay, how can I overcome this injury? What's what's the things I can do better? 1% better every day to get better on my hamstring overall as a person, as an athlete. So, you know, track is a highly individual, highly competitive sport. It feels like it's the <clears throat> it's one of the purest sports you can possibly do. Like when you're on a track, it's a direct result of what you've done up to that point uh you know you can kind of hide in other sports with like team and all those other things but in track there's really no hiding so that that's a motivation factor of you know just seeing how can i get better every day uh you know seeing the things that my parents accomplished in the sport uh not just in track and field you know my, my dad accomplished things in football that that motivates me because i don't know how 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 he did both of those things at such a high level, um, uh, and just seeing how can I continuously improve, not just as an athlete. You know, you talk about outside of uh, outside of the sport. You know, I I feel like I say this often, but you know, I, I want to be able to be there for my family the way that they've been there for me. I want to be able to you know motivate people the ways that I feel like I was motivated because there was a there was a legitimate point in time where in sports, it just felt like it wasn't clicking. You know, it felt like I, it felt like I didn't know how to even practice well any days. So to be an opportunity to continue to excel in the sport and get better every day, it's like, it's almost, it's like a feeling that's just, it just never gets old, right? So just trying to improve every day and trying to get my teammates to the point where we can all continuously love the sport it's awesome, right? It's, it's pure. But l- let's go to a track meet because I was on the high, my high school <clears throat> track team. And <clears throat> track meets or like the weekend meets spanned all day. You know, you got on the <laughs> bus, you get there, you you set up a tent and you're there all day. Yep. And you compete for one minute or you, I was a thrower. So you threw it three times. And then if you made it, you went to the whatever the finals. Yeah. The, you, yeah. So <laughs> throw it three more times. Whoops. You throw three more times. It's such a meathead. I, I do love what you're saying because it really is like you against the world. And it's um, it is such an individual. It's such a pressure cooker sport for just you. So what's like what's like a track meet like for you? Like, are you 
do you do you joke around? Are you sitting around? Are you like in your own area? Like what what's a day like at a track meet for you? Yeah, you know, I mean, I guess you know, I definitely joke around. I have fun with my teammates. But man, when it's time to compete, it's almost like it's a very serious environment for me. Like I, I take the sport extremely serious every day in practice. Um, and even at the meets, I, I take it even more serious because at the end of the day, it's only going to be one winner each race. And mo- a majority of the people are going to lose at the end of each each event, each race. So, you know, it almost feels like sometimes you're out there and it's like, you kind of feel like a gladiator, right? It's like, I'm trying to compete against everybody and then to compete against them, I have to beat myself today. So it's, um, you know, the environment in track and field is funny. It's, it's even different for girls. Like the girls are, the girls are stone cold killers on the track. Like they won't talk to their opponents. They're straight faced. <laughs> you know, at least the guys will say good race and things like that. It's a little more of a gamesmanship on the girls' side. So I guess it kind of depends on the guys for the girls. But, you know, it's truly like a, a gladiator sport, man. You're going out there and you're trying to beat everybody. Well, I, I feel like you mentioned gladiator sport. I feel like your armor is when you put the sunglasses on. Right? Oh, yeah. And so <laughs> talk to me, like, when did you start? Because you wear, you wear sunglasses in every race, right? Indoor, <laughs> outdoor, doesn't matter. When did you start? When did you start doing that? And, do you, and and is that like, like, what's like your, like, what's your routine before a race? Like, talk, like, what are you, is there a certain music you're listening to every time? Like, walk us through that process. And then, because like, I imagine like you put the sunglasses on, you become like RoboCop. And like you're just, or like like the Terminator, you're just out there like no one can mess with me. Like how does that work? Yeah, it's definitely similar to it, right? It's like it's kind of like putting on your armor, right? Like I put on my cross because you know I run for God's glory, and you know it is just grateful that He even brought me to this point. <laughs> you know, if you, if you look at you know um, like athletes' progressions, a, a lot of people would say I, I wasn't supposed to be in the position I am. Um, so, you know, I'm grateful that God has, you know, proved a lot of science and a lot of data wrong um, that, you know, you can do whatever you want. So, yeah, it's definitely like putting on my armor. It feels like I'm like I'm going to war. <laughs> right. I'm putting on the shades. I'm putting on the armor. I'm putting on my spikes and the music I'm listening to. It's it's putting me in the zone to execute, uh, to try to be the best I can be for for 10 seconds, nine seconds, six seconds. 19, whatever the, the seconds of the race is, it's I have to be at my absolute best for this amount of time. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely uh, like when I put on the shades, it's hard to explain the words. It's almost like um, an alter ego, right? Um, I become Lawrence with the shades on or something. I don't know. You know, it's just it just makes me feel like I'm ready to go. What's that, What's the music you're listening to? Oh, I, I mean, I have a I listen to a lot of different music. So I, I kind of base it off of um, like where I'm at. If I'm feeling a little flat, I'll listen to some music that would bring me up. But if I if I'm like way too excited for this race and I need to come down, <laughs> I'll listen to um, you know classical music to bring me down. And I feel like a classical music and you know that that rent, that genre of music allows me to picture my race well as a lot. So it's not not so much classical music before a football game. Oh no chance. it's um it's two completely different things right it's like totally football is like it's we call it preparing for war right 
in football. It's the same same mentality. I got to go out here and you know <laughs> go to war against this team <laughs> with your guys. Um, but then in track, it's like you know you, you go to war every day in practice too. Like you, we're running four hundreds. Like for track, you got to be willing to go to practice and, and die. <laughs> you know, it's like we got five four hundreds at. 50 seconds or whatever the pace may be, it's like, okay, I know that today is the day. If I don't do this, I won't get better. But so, yeah, uh, like preparing for, preparing for a track meet, it's, you know, it's, it's you and your own thoughts, right? It's not like you can have a teammate to lean on, like, Hey man, I need your help. This play, I'm a little down or something like that. It's really just you, the clock and your opponents, which can make it, you know, nerve wracking. It can bring all these different emotions to, to the sport that's it's it's what i live for man i'm so excited to do it tomorrow that i'm talking about so. <laughs> i like how you say five four hundreds at 50 seconds which is like i can't even drive that fast around the track <laughs> um I'm like channeling my like high school track thoughts it's like nobody was running under a minute in in my area um <laughs> which is it's so cool that you could do that like it's amazing what people can accomplish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and you talk about like that growth that, you know, you said like a lot of people to bet against the metrics. I mean, your PR from high school to college has dropped by nearly a second, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Like I want to say like 0.92 or something like that. If I'm, if I'm doing the math, math correctly, <laughs> that is an enormous jump. Like a, a, like a staggering jump from high school to college. I don't, you know, that, that is rare to drop that amount of time. You've obviously focused on your craft a ton in that. And, and when you hit that mark last June, you were at the national championships. You were at USATF nationals. That was your first appearance at nationals, I believe, for like for, for U.S. national. Was that your first appearance at U.S. nationals? Yeah, that was my first U.S. nationals. So, I mean, that's the meat. That's the meat of meats, right? It's, you know, mm-hmm. every year it's the meat. You're you're there. You're there with some sprinting royalty, right? You you know you're you're um and so like what is what's that experience like for you? Especially you know you make it you get out of prelims into the semis. Just walk us through that experience for you. Yeah, I mean it's it's honestly like an unreal experience. You know, racing against people that I've studied. <laughs> um, yeah, people that I've studied when I was in high school. You know, seeing seeing legends in the game that, you know, you, you want to ask them questions and pick their mind and all these things, but I really want to beat them too, right? It's not like <laughs> um, it's not like uh, an opportunity where I can just sit down and just pick their mind without having a chance of just trying to compete against them at the highest level. Uh, you know, so running against you know the, some of the the world's best at USA's, it motivated me a lot because. I could see how much further in the sport there is. You know, there's there's a big difference between a nine seven guy, nine five guy, a ten oh eight guy, right? Like I'm running against collegians, and then I go against these pros, and there's you can feel the difference in speed, the difference in execution, and how they warm up. Uh, so it, it left me with more motivation that the next time I see them, hopefully, it can be a different result. What in that race though, when you ran your 1008, did you mm-hmm. like did did it feel did something click like while you're while you're running? Did you know while you're running that race that like I'm gonna PR here? Did, could you feel it in the moment? Yeah, you know, I, I felt it leading up to it. You know, I've been having a lot of good races. 
um, some good execution. Coach, you know, Coach, we we the way he sets up his program, he, we're supposed to run the fastest times of our lives at the biggest meets. You know, we, we set those dates and we work back. Um, and this program, when you trust in it and you believe in everything Coach says, and you do the things you're supposed to do, everything comes to fruition. So, yeah, so when the 10.08 came, it was uh, – I couldn't wait to see what the time was on the clock because there were some some really fast times. I think a, a 9.8 or 9 – some 9.8s came out of that heat. And I was like, man, these guys pushed me to another level today. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. But it's also a good feeling because it wasn't the best executed race at all. Like, by all means, there's, there's a lot left in the tank in terms of overall speed in that race. So – Go oh, for it, burn. Go please. for it. I was, no. I was gonna say, I so I ran the hundred in high school. It, I wasn't very good. I just was on the team, and they're like, "Just go do it." But getting in the blocks is really cool. What? What's what? I, I don't know. I always thought it was like really fun to get in the blocks. Walk us through like you're getting in the blocks. Like, what are you thinking about at that point? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there, it, I'm thinking about my racing cues. You know, how what do I need to do to get this? to get what I want to accomplish in this race. Um, you know, I say a prayer. I tell them how thankful I am just to be in the blocks I am. I'm in again. Because, uh, you know, there's, there's times in this sport where you never know when you might get back in the blocks, right? So, you know, I, I was just, I'm just grateful. I, I'm focused on what I need to execute. And, you know, then part of it's like you got to be an explosive athlete on the blocks because you can lose a race in the first two steps. <laughs> and never get it back because the way mm-hmm. coaches explains it, like you can lose one inch and one inch turns to four, three to five. You know, it builds up. Oh, It'll build up to a point where, you know, you can't really chase people back. So yeah, when you're in the blocks, it, it comes a point where like everything just like slows down the breathing. You can feel your breath. You can feel the moment. It's, it's it's like um it feels like almost like a movie scene when you're in a blocks of like those type of races. That's so that's cool. That's so cool. That's so cool. That's so cool. I, with the class, I can I can I can imagine the classical music going through your head, everything is slowing <laughs> down. Like that's fantastic. Um we don't have you for too much longer, I don't want to take too much of your time, but I gotta ask you about this indoor season. Congratulations, Wisconsin Big Ten champions. You are the 60 meter Big Ten champion. Congratulations so, so much. Cool. What is it like to win like win Big Ten indoors? I was the last time they win Big Ten indoors, I think. I mean, it's been a minute since they won Big Ten indoors. I was in school when that happened. Uh, I know Demi Amale, whose record you beat, was running for the team at that time, I think. So what's what's indoors like? What what's championships like for you? And what's it like to win the 60 meters at indoors? Yeah, I mean, it was it's an awesome feeling to be able to be a champion, right? Um especially as a team, you know, that that's, that's the, the missing puzzle. I feel like it's, it gets overlooked in this sport because, you know, an individual champion is a lot easier than winning a team championship. And by all means, an individual championship is still not an easy feat. Uh, so, you know, the fact that we were able to come together on a day when everyone's assuming I was going to win or how state's going to win. And no one's assuming the Badgers are going to win this conference championship. But we as a group knew we had a chance. If everyone did their job, that we could win. We could win this championship. 
So, you know, I mean, there's going to be more individual champions that come to this university. But, you know, I guess I just want to challenge the next generation to win it as a team. Because that's, I mean, there's a lot of, it's individual sport, but winning it as a team takes a true collective effort every single day. There's people who help us win that championship that didn't get to compete the whole year. You know, there's people who who came to lift every single day knowing that they were going to redshirt that season. But the energy they bring is how we're going to win this as a team. And it's so much it's so much joy winning it as a team that it just makes you want to do it again. But to to go back to the indoor championship question, it was like it was more of a relief. You know, I was excited that I won it. But I just also remember like on the track thinking like, just got to do it again. You know, this is the easy part of the sport. Uh, the hard part is the continual sustained level of being a champion every time you step on a track everyone wants to beat you um and that that's the challenge i'm just excited for tomorrow and saturday to see how i can continue to take these steps and see see what's ahead well as we wrap up uh what's your goal for the rest of the season and then the next step after after this season Mm -hmm. you know i just want to continue to improve every day there's there's things in this sport that you know, it seems to the naked eye, it might seem impossible. But, you know, I believe that, you know, with the talents that God gave me that we're, we're entering, that we can we can do a lot more in the sport. And so, you know, I, I don't want to put a specific time or a goal down on there because I feel like when you do that, it's almost limiting, right? Like you say, I want to run a 6-7. And then when you run a 6-7, it's like, okay, I, I want to run 6-6. Six, six. So, I mean, I don't want to put a a limit on on the goals. I just want to, you know, be the best that I can possibly be in this sport. All right. And then final question. I'll get you out of here on this. (laughs) What do you want to be remembered for off the track? What do you want? What what do you want L.O. Johnson's legacy to be, you know, around the campus, you know, or when just someone says L.O. Johnson, what do you want people to think about as, you know, as the person? Mm. Well, you know, I, I just want to be known as a loving teammate. Um, someone that you can you can trust, someone that you know that, you know, if you have to come for them for any situation that they're going to be there for you, but they're also going to push you to be the best you can be. Um, and sometimes that can be uh, a little tough because it, it requires tough love, but I just want to be known as someone that's a loving teammate that wants you to be the best you can be, even if it's track, if you want to be the best doctor you can be, someone that wants you to be all in on on your dreams. That's beautiful. That's absolutely beautiful. And I think it's a perfect place for us to wrap up here. We'll let you get off to practice. Best of luck yeah. this weekend, this yeah, season. Man, good luck. Um, Thank you. We will be following you very closely. Um, where can people find you on social media? Oh, uh, you can just follow me on Instagram at Lawrence L.O. Johnson. So Lawrence L. Period O. Period Johnson. Yeah, All that's right. Funny. And we will make sure to uh, link to that in the show notes as well. So thank you everyone for tuning in to the Believe in Badgers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network presented by betonline.ag. And until next time, on Wisconsin. On Wisconsin. On Wisconsin. Let's go. Yo, man, crush it, dude. This is so fun. Thank you for coming on. Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. 
With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.